many people have left the building and have been serving out in the communities around us, and some amazing things are happening. Well, I'm excited about this service because you're going to get a snapshot of those amazing things out there. I wish I could parade all of this stuff in front of you, but uh, there are so many wonderful things going on, it's just not possible. That's also why we have those booths out in the lobby. There are stories that you'll hear through there. There are opportunities for you there. And my hope and dream at the end of this service is that the Holy Spirit will kind of move on your heart and encourage you to kind of take a step of faith. Here's a phrase I want you to kind of take away from today's message, and it's this. God, you lead, and I'll follow. There are many mornings I start my morning that way. God, you lead, and I'll follow. Because I have to remind myself that when I follow him, life gets real exciting for me, and I'm doing the kinds of things that matter in my life. I want to get to the end of my life and look back and go, okay, I did some things that had some significance and meaning to it. So let me ask, how many of you have seen any of the Narnia films or read any of the Narnia books? Raise your hand. Yeah, there is a phrase in there that I love, and it's this. Aslan is on the move. Aslan is the Christ character, and when he is on the move, things start to happen. And it may be that I'm biased a little bit, but over the last year, I've been having lots of conversations with people throughout North Chicago and Waukegan, and I have to say... Aslan is on the move in North Chicago and Waukegan. There are some amazing things happening, and today you're going to see a snapshot of that as I'm going to have four friends step here up on the stage and share their stories. So this service is going to be a little bit different. But first, let me put things in a bit of a biblical context. You heard Jamie read from James. And James is a great book. I love this book because... Uh, James is getting at kind of the practical side of Christianity. And he says in there, there are basically two important elements to being a Christian. It is the good news, faith in Jesus Christ, and it is good works. Working out that faith in your daily experiences. Good news, good works. And James writes that because the good works part was not actually happening very well in his time. And to be quite honest... I don't think it happens very well in our time. We can actually choose not to do the good works. We're still saved, we're still Christians, but we can avoid doing the good works. And I'd have to confess, sometimes I do that. I place my agenda for that day in first and foremost place. And as my to-do list grows, my pace increases, and really the Holy Spirit can't get my attention because I'm literally moving faster. I mean, people sometimes walk, watch me walk down the halls here, and I'm moving at a pretty good clip because I'm trying to cut through my stuff. And, and I really shut down the Holy Spirit. So there is this good news, and there is this good we, uh, works aspect to our faith. And I liken it to a coin. So when you look at a coin, there are two sides of a coin. There's the heads and the tails. And when you look at that coin... You'd say, yeah, that's an authentic coin. That one looks legitimate. It's not counterfeit. But if I were to look at this quarter and, and see Washington on one side and then see Washington's head on the other side, I'd say, wow, that's, that's, corner, that's a counterfeit coin. That's fake. And it's similar in our faith. We have this faith in Jesus Christ, and people know that we're a Christian or they know that I'm a pastor, and then they don't see me respond in kind to the needs around me. They go, that guy's kind of fake, and that's how it is sometimes with us. 
How do you connect then your faith in Jesus Christ with your works that you should be responding to on a daily basis? Well, let me encourage you. It is through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, when we become Christians, the Bible says that we are sealed with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is also referred to as a counselor and a helper. And regularly, the Holy Spirit is whispering and prompting uh, things to us, things that we should notice, ways in which we respond. A brother I was just talking to says, it's kind of a gut feeling that you get. And you all know what I'm talking about. You see something, you get this gut sense that I should do something, I should respond, and instead we place our agenda first and we move forward. And, and, but when we do that, people would look at us and go, that person's kind of counterfeit. So let me encourage you, pay attention to the Holy Spirit. It's prompting you to take a step, and it is a step of faith, but when you take that step, life gets really exciting. So let me digress a little bit and talk more personally. You heard Garth last week say that my wife Susan and I are moving to North Chicago, and Mike mentioned in his letter three or four weeks ago, and that is true. We have a home at 1419 Argonne, built in 1930. I call it a gingerbread house because it looks like a gingerbread house, about three blocks east of the high school, and um, we have moved there for a couple different reasons. People ask two questions, really, over the last three weeks. And the most prominent question is this. How does your wife feel about that? Seriously, how does your wife feel about that? And here's the answer. It was her idea four years ago. She's much more spiritual than I am. Four years ago, she had the idea. She was taking care of an elderly gentleman in North Chicago, and I would come and help with the lawn. And she said, we should move to North Chicago. And I said, thinking very spiritually, no way. <laughs> I have a home in Gurney, and I love my home in Gurney. It backs up to a wetland and then a golf course beyond that. I just love that. I love the outdoors. I love everything about the outdoors. And this is going to be a different thing. I was not there. But the Holy Spirit started working on me and started nudging me and pushing me. And I began to drive around North Chicago and think. And then soon... Susan and I came to the conclusion, yeah, we need, now's the time, we need to do this. And this was like in December. And then a good friend of mine said, I got your house. And I'm thinking, you got my house? I didn't even know, you, you know, I didn't know I was looking, I didn't know you were looking. And she brought us to a house, the one we end up uh, getting. Here's the deal. Um, we knew that it was of the Holy Spirit, one, because of the joy in our heart as we said yes. Two, because the speed at which this house sold, it was a short sale. And I was told, don't worry, it'll take five months, you can get your house in order. It took 30 days. I'm still working on getting my house in order. So there was that piece. Um, a lot of support around this. That was another yay God. But um, real significantly, as soon as Susan and I stepped in and said, we're in, um, then about eight other people stepped in and said, by the way, we're in too. Let's do this together. I'm going to introduce you to those folks at the end of the service. We simply, so why are we doing this is the other question. The simple answer is, God, you lead, and we're going to follow. We felt this burning passion inside our hearts, hard to explain, that he was leading, and we're just simply trying to follow. And then he began to confirm that through these other things. As we took that step of faith, then God says, yeah, I'm in it. I just want you to know that. The other reason we're moving is simply to be present. It's hard to be a neighbor when you're not with your neighbor. And we just felt like God was saying, no, I want you there. 
to be present, to be with people, and then to listen, learn about reconciliation, learn about what the needs are, and then together, shoulder to shoulder, hand in hand, together, beginning to kind of build God's kingdom and do life together. That's what we're looking forward to. And we've already gotten to know some of our neighbors, even though we haven't moved in yet. So it's been pretty cool. Well, rather than me talk about myself, I want to bring up four people who are going to share their stories. And as you listen to this story, I want you to listen to the theme, God, you lead, and I'll follow. We have Phil Manley, Oren Pakel, Ike Hong, and Jennifer Grumhouse. Can we give them a hand? For you, uh, I'm not nearly as eloquent as my daughter, Alex Manley, who was up here speaking on behalf of Compass last week. I'm much more comfortable with a tool belt and a framing square. That being said, my introduction to service through Christ Church started as a team leader on a short-term mission trip to Acuna, Mexico with my son Tanner five years ago. I've been on two additional trips since then with Tanner, and I'm looking forward to continuing this wonderful and spiritual adventure with my daughter Alex when she starts high school next year. The experience was incredibly euphoric, working side by side with not only amazing high school kids from Shig, but with relatives, neighbors, and friends of the families we were building for. The sense of community was incredible as we powered through the building process and spent a large part of our time studying and sharing the gospel as well. The thing that I wasn't prepared for was the feeling of depression that seemed to set in shortly after returning home from these trips. I had no idea how powerful it was to have served on God's team 24 hours a day for a week straight and then to, have, and then to come home from these trips and, and have that just end. It seemed to me there had to be a way to regain some of that feeling here at home, but I didn't know how. After much prayer and consideration, and after David and I had a chance to help out a church member in need of a hand with some chores, Hogs was born. Hands of God serving, a team of brothers and sisters in Christ, serving those in need around us, plumbing, electrical, painting, yard work, building, whatever our gifts allowed us to do, Hogs enabled us to serve year-round. As a builder, this was definitely a step in the right direction, as Hogs gave me an outlet for the gifts that I was given by our Creator. It still felt that God's plan was for me to do more, however. Shortly after Hogg's inception, David invited me to be part of a new group at Christ Church called Renew Lake County. After hearing his vision for the group, it seemed a natural fit for me and the Hogs to take a much bigger step forward. After many hours of thoughtful discussion, both inside the group and out in the community, a plan started to reveal itself. Listening to church and community leaders, it became clear that there was enormous opportunity for us to come alongside of them as partners in dealing with an assortment of issues. Recently, Susan Graves, who's a member here, introduced me to Pastor Harry and Deborah Stackhouse from Sign of the Dove Church in Waukegan. The Stackhouses are both deeply dedicated servants of the Lord with amazing hearts and incredible passionate community leaders as well. They had a vision to create a retail store in North Chicago to benefit the Sheila Daniels School, which is a Christian-based elementary school in Waukegan. This was a perfect opportunity for me and the Hawks to step up and help them realize their vision. 
The store's creation was a true partnership between our congregations as hogs worked hand-in-hand with Sign of the Doves team of James White, Jan Arnold, Levita Jones, and many others to bring Pastor Stackhouse's vision to reality. We are excited to announce that the store's opening is close at hand. Our next collaboration with Sign of the Dove Church will be a women's resource center in North Chicago to help give women an opportunity to learn and fine-tune employable job skills we should be starting on this project very soon as well. As Renew Lake County picks up steam and some of the key components start to materialize, it is extremely rewarding for me personally to have been given such an incredible opportunity to work alongside these amazing people and to do good works for the kingdom of God. Thank you. Thank you, Phil for your leadership for me and a lot of other people and hogs and love Inc. Thanks. <clears throat> About a year ago, Reverend Dave and uh, Phil, myself, all went up to Waukegan to visit AME Church and Reverend Blount. His church had uh, flooded with two foot of sewage. The fellowship hall, offices, bathrooms, kitchen, were all destroyed, needed to be replaced. The real bad news was they didn't have any insurance or the adequate resources to do the job. Personally, I've been searching for something, some way to give back um, to the church, to my community, uh, the initiative, the Lake County, Renew Lake County initiative. Um, <clears throat> this was... Uh, God ended my search right there. It was an incredible opportunity for me to match my skill sets with uh, what was in front of me. I knew that uh, Dave and Phil were very, very busy with the Hogs ministry. Um, I prayed to the Lord and I said, thank you very much for the opportunity and took the lead on the AME uh, project. During this journey, uh, I learned quite a few things. One, it is like riding a bike. Uh, all the skills that you learn through your career, throughout your life, will come back to you in very short order to get the job done. Although my 58-year-old body wasn't very happy with me at times, uh, we got her done. I also learned how much fun it is to teach and mentor people who really uh, enjoy learning the tricks of the trade. Um, I, uh, I My aha moment, which is most important, was people really do love to be asked to help. Everybody wants to give back. They want to make a difference. Uh, I know I did. And people just don't know what to do or what needs to be done. So for those of you who are doing God's work now in our new ministry or um, have a project going on, please ask your friends, your neighbors, your colleagues, your Bible study, the person sitting next to you in a pew, ask them to help. People love to be asked. Uh, our Lord has a knack for turning bad things into good. And as Forrest Gump said, sewage happens. <laughs> and, but from it, great things can spring up. 
and in this case, I witnessed it uh, at AME Church. Dozens of people coming forward, both young and old. Um, three churches working together to make this project happen. When the job was all done, AME uh, had a, a grand opening. I would call it more of a revival meeting. It was really a hoot, awesome. Uh, Reverend Dave and my wife Tina and myself attended. Reverend Blount uh, did an incredible job of thanking our church, Shiloh Church, his own church, and all the people who gave their time and treasure and talent uh, to make the project happen. As the representative of Christ Church, <clears throat> the Reverend took my hand and shook it and gave me an incredibly huge bear hug that literally took my breath away. And he said, thank you, Christ Church, for all of your help. And I looked into the audience, and you could see in the eyes of the attendees the love and appreciation for the job that had been done. It was truly beautiful. Good, good morning on this beautiful Sunday. Uh, my name is Ike Huang, and I am truly blessed and honored to be up here this morning to uh, share my story with you guys. Um, my story isn't really about what I have been doing or what uh, I'm currently doing in North Chicago, but it's really how God has been leading my life into Chicago and about his perfect timing. Um, I'm not really a planner or even a deep thinker, but when I reflect back and see how God has orchestrated my life, I'm just in awe. I didn't know it at the time, but my journey started about 20 years ago when I started my construction company. Um, Great Lakes Naval Base was my first client, and for many, many years, I would drive east on 137, go into the base, do my thing, leave, come right back home to Highland Park or Bannockburn where I was living at the time. Uh, never stepped foot in the community of North Chicago once, nor did I even care about the city that I was earning a living. Now fast forward a little over four years ago, uh, through my affiliation with North Shore University Health Systems, I was invited to a public clinic, a health clinic, and I also attended a, uh, a soup kitchen at a nearby church that day. It was Thanksgiving week, so it was quite busy, as you can imagine. And I had also recently, at that time, um, given my life to Christ through a combination of attending this church, Christ Church, um, Alpha, a mission trip down to Mexico with my family, uh, my wife Grace's uh, early detection of her liver cancer and other life challenges really get me on my knees and I give my life to Christ. That's a whole other story. Um, the, you see, North Shore had just entered a partnership with uh, Lake County Health Department and they started a program called Be Well Lake County. And the purpose of this program was to help and serve uh, the underserved and the uninsured, those who were struggling with diabetes. And we did that through education and medication. It was at this clinic I witnessed several 
testimonies where people of no Chicago were struggling with diabetes. But I also realized at that time that we were only dealing with the symptom of the disease, that we could avoid that certain diabetes through a better lifestyle, through exercise and a healthier diet. So if you drive through North Chicago, you'll find many fast food chain restaurants, but you won't find one grocery store because North Chicago is what you consider a food desert. So in order to get fresh vegetables or fruits, you have to drive into a neighborhood, a neighboring community to buy the food or grow your own. BOA was also offering at that time a free membership to their patients to a health center, health club. Less than 10% of those patients were even using it because they didn't know how to use the equipment and, and they simply lacked the self-confidence and self-esteem to be able to go on their own to a health club and work out. Now, shortly after my visit to that clinic, Pastor Mike invited me to attend Halftime Institute down in Dallas, Texas. It's where we got to meet the founder, Bob Buford, and also spent some impactful days with other middle-aged guys like me trying to decide how we would go from life of success to life of significance. Timing of this invitation by Mike was no accident. It was a place where God took me to to reflect on how I would spend the second half of my life in making a difference. And at that trip, I had an epiphany. I didn't have to go overseas to do mission work. I could do it right here in the city I love in Chicago and serve our neighbors. So when I returned home from Dallas, I knew that I had to take this opportunity that God had given me to get involved with Be Well, and I did. Contacted North Shore. We started a program, fitness program. I like to call it boot camp. It sounds more exciting, but it's, it's a fitness program where we hired a, a trainer, and the patients would come. We would teach them how to work out, do certain exercises, and just give them the confidence so that they can, on their own, go work out. I just remember several months ago, during one of our kickoff dinners, a woman by the name of Rebecca was sharing her story to the group. And she couldn't stop crying as she was sharing her story. Uh, She was not only dealing with diabetes, but she was also dealing with other life challenges like loneliness and just lack of hope. So Regalia, who was our trainer, and several other people in that group made a commitment that night We agreed that we would walk alongside her, encourage her, give her a ride. She didn't have a car, and also pray for her. And and, and that evening, I felt the spirit working in that room. And and guess what? To this day, she's at the class regularly. They become friends. She works out. She's lost weight. And she now has a smile instead of tears on her face. We also started a Be Well Garden. Uh, It's where the patients would come every summer and grow their own fresh vegetables. Uh, This year, we're having our dig day in two weeks, and we're we're expecting about 100 people. So we're very excited for that. Um, So when I learned about a year ago that Christ Church was getting ready to launch uh, a ministry 
uh, initiative in North Chicago, obviously I was all in, knowing that God again has worked in my life to bring me to this place to get back into North Chicago and continue to get involved. I've met so many people in North Chicago, have developed so many friendships up there. I feel like I've benefited so much more than what I've given to the community. I just feel so blessed. So in conclusion, I have to ask you this. Have you ever thought to yourself, there must be more to life? There's something so exciting about serving others and just taking that small step of faith and go where God leads you. And at the sound, at the risk of sounding like Pastor Mike, I'd like to issue Christ Church a challenge. When the Holy Spirit speaks to you to take that small step of faith, please do. It will change your life, I promise you. Thank you for letting me share your story. Share my story. I left the workforce in 1997 after the birth of our twins. Our first son, Dean, was less than two years old at the time, and I had my hands full. 17 months after the twins, our son Tyler arrived, and 14 months after that, we were blessed again with the arrival of our baby daughter, Chapin. So all of the men in the room uh, that are doing the math, we had five kids in four and a half years. And for all of the women who are thinking about laundry, chaos, that was my home for sure. So for 10 years, I had the privilege and the honor of staying home with my children. But I have to admit, I was somewhat relieved when Chapin started the first grade because seven hours at home seemed like a slice of heaven on earth because there was no noise. But it didn't take long for the silence to become deafening. And in December of 2007, after much prayer, I was called to work outside of my home. In fact, I was called to serve my neighbor. I accepted a job with a family foundation in Lake Bluff, and through my work at the foundation, I was introduced to the needs of the children and family in Lake County and to the needs of the children and family in North Chicago. I learned about hunger. I learned about homelessness. I learned about gang violence. I learned about unemployment, insufficient health care, inadequate education, all those things that had become acceptable just four miles from our home. I met with more than 100 people in those early months, and most were polite when they first met me. However, most were also very skeptical of my intentions and wondered why a fair-skinned woman from Lake Forest would even care. I never wanted to be that outsider who came in to fix what I thought was broken. I didn't have the luxury of being afraid, so I just jumped right in and I created North Chicago Community Partners, and I started telling the story of North Chicago with anyone who would listen, including Christ Church. For the past five years, I've been fully immersed in North Chicago both as a professional and as a person. It is my most favorite place to be besides my home. I joyfully do anything that's asked of me there. I just love serving there. I joyfully share my talents. North Chicago Community Partners started with no employees, now we have 30. We started with no volunteers, and now we have more than 5,000. And I'm working alongside the community to try and provide the children of North Chicago with the education they deserve. My entire family is fully immersed in North Chicago now. My husband cares for Lake County's homeless. He's on the board of PADS. And my children, they tutor in our after-school programs at Forestall and South and AJK. They haul and sort and shelve books at Forestall. They restock canned goods at health and wellness nights. They bake cookies for staff appreciation lunches. They pack hygiene kits. They lead games at community carnivals. Every moment 
in North Chicago is a blessing. It's a blessing to be the hands and feet of Christ. But each time we return to North Chicago, our relationships grow stronger, and those we called neighbors are now friends. And in 2011, the joy of serving left me, serving those friends. While my hands kept doing the work, my heart was breaking with doubt and with shame as the Lord filled my head with questions and revealed my own sinfulness. I patted myself on the back for being obedient, for following his call and not returning to the world of finance where I had started my career. I patted myself on the back for leading my children to service. That prideful self-affirmation was disrupted by painful and very ugly questions. Why was I serving my neighbor? Did I really love my neighbor? Did I understand their poverty? Did they understand mine? Did I judge their poverty? Did they judge mine? Would I share my brokenness? Did I really want to know theirs? Would I ever welcome my neighbor into my home or into my family? I shared the Cliff Notes version of those questions with Pastor Mike and a friend from Trinity, but I was really too embarrassed to do more. And that's when God intervened. He blessed our entire family with an unexpected gift that over the past two years has, really, has healed my broken heart, but it's also made my heart larger. And I think it's safe to say that he's used this gift to heal and expand many other hearts. In the spring of 2011, a friend from Christ Church introduced me to this small not-for-profit that helps student-athletes from under-resourced communities. I met with the head of the organization, and he said, I'm just looking for volunteer opportunities for 10 to 12 college athletes. And I thought, I got this. I can do volunteers. Yep, I, I can find them a place. And then I must have answered it too quickly because he said, oh, and uh, I'm looking for a place for one of the young men to stay for the next six weeks. And I said, oh. And I don't really know what happened, but somehow I agreed to let four young men stay at our home for the next six weeks. I was dazed when I left that meeting, and I didn't have much but a crumpled piece of paper. And on it were the names of four young men, Hafiz, Steve, Caprin, and Anthony. My heart raced for the entire ride home because I was trying to figure out how I was going to tell my husband that I had somehow agreed to add four strangers to the already uncomfortable chaos of three teenagers, two preteens, and an 80-pound lab. But it all worked out, and uh, I told him the truth. There were moments of tension as the color drained from his face. He said, uh, where are they from? Do you know anything about them? What sport do they play? Football. I said football. I knew that. <laughs> where do they go to college? Not really sure. I didn't really have any other answers to his questions. And I hadn't really thought about the logistics of having 11 people living under one roof, so I just handed him the paper and said, I know their names. Since that time, our house has become home to 19 young men, including two from North Chicago. 19 wonderful, amazing, strong, talented young men who have lived a very different life than ours. They have crazy work and college schedules, so sometimes there's only two at home. And sometimes there's as many as nine. And if you're doing the math, it's nine plus seven. The other 16 of us sometimes in our house. And whatever chaos you were imagining before, just multiply that by a lot. It's chaotic. So some have stayed with us for only a few weeks. But at least half of them have become our own. They live with us for extended periods of time. They text or call on a regular basis. They come home on the weekends or on holidays for just laundry and food and loving. 
We eat dinner as a family. We celebrate birthdays and holidays. We play pickup basketball. We decorate Easter eggs. We fly kites. We pace the waiting room when they have surgery. We cry when we get that phone call. We force them to go to the dentist. We celebrate their victories on the football fields. We talk about budgets. We send endless amounts of care packages. We celebrate or cry, because I always cry, when they graduate from college, when they get their first job, when they move into their first apartment or they're drafted by the NFL. They're definitely big brothers to my five children, and they feel like sons to David and to me. But the unconditional love and admiration and respect and trust that is shared between us all now didn't come without pain. Because just like my experience in North Chicago, dinner table conversations were polite at first. Discussions about race, poverty, wealth, broken homes, education, judgment, disappointment, they were really uncomfortable. I was afraid of asking too many questions, and I was afraid that our boys would learn just how broken my family really was. Thanks to God, all of the good and all of the bad in all of us has poured out. It seems to get easier to be a family at home, but outside of our home, it's still different. We talk about the stares. We talk about the stereotypes. We make way too many jokes about the blind side, which ironically was on TV last night when I came home after speaking from here. But we've grown to know each other, and we love each other. And recently, a beautiful, extraordinary young woman joined our non-traditional family. And today, we'll welcome Bruce for the first day. I thank God for all of my children, biological or not, black or white, big or small. I'm privileged to be called mom by Dean and Luke, Caroline, Tyler, and Chapin. But I really am equally honored to be called Mrs. G, Mama G, Jennifer, Mama Jen, Mommy, even white mommy, which Keith calls me when he thinks I need to laugh. I thank God for mending my heart with my new family and for teaching me what it really means to serve my neighbor, to know my neighbor, and to love my neighbor. And what we've all learned is that there really is no neighbor. We're just family. And we're all called to serve each other and love each other unconditionally every day. As you can see, Christ Church, um, there is amazing things going out, going on out there in the community. And you don't have to move into North Chicago or the surrounding communities. You can bring people into your world. And you heard pieces of that in each of the stories. And I hope you found that inspiring. And you also heard people who are just simply saying, God, you lead, now follow. Let me figure out what that looks like, but each step along the way, I'm just simply going to take a step and follow you. And when they did, life got really exciting. So I want to introduce to you those people who are going to be moving into North Chicago. Uh, let me ask uh, them to stand up. They're not all here, but we have Lee and Kathy McLaughlin, John and Katie Gleitch, of course, my wife Susan, and uh, Juan and Karen Landrian, there is Juan. Kim Gates and Jenny Kemmins, they're all planning to move into North Chicago as God leads. Juan and Karen actually just bought a house about nine days ago. It's going to be a house uh, for, they've worked with pads for boys, basically, or homeless, 18 to around 23 years of age, and they have a booth out in the lobby. Well, I want to encourage all of you to... Uh, just follow God's lead. There are booths out in the lobby, 
uh, take a look at those. In fact, raise your hand if you've ever worked out in the surrounding community in any capacity to care for your neighbors. Just raise your hand, because there's lots of you who are involved in our community. Amen to that. You guys can sit down. I'm going to ask uh, Dr. Cassandra Brooks, actually, to...